Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one with LaVar and Mary for this Friday night, May 5th. May the 5th be with you. Um, it's, it's, the re- sick- it's the revenge of the 5th. Yes. May the 5th well, be with you. Plead the 5th. Revenge the 5th. Revenge of the 5th. Okay. Yes. And we'll be done with all the Star Wars puns before the end of today. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to start now with this with this noise, hopefully. There, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. You know, that would have, that's way better than any, like, uh, sound I would have got from the sound library. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> um, You're welcome. It, it's uh, also today, Seiko de Mayo, which I've learned a lot of interesting things today in regards to Cinco de Mayo. I think it is more of an American type of holiday more than anything else. Um, a lot of my uh, friends of the Spanish persuasion don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Um, they say it's something more than us uh, Americans probably do. So that was interesting to learn today. I'm always open to learning a lot of things. And, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, uh, uh, no, we'll get a, we'll get to that a little bit later. But anyway, um, <laughs> it is also uh, Derby Day tomorrow. Kentucky Derby runs tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow, or in just a few hours, I guess, probably about what about seven eight hours from now, is over in the UK the coronation of King Charles and his wife. I think it's more it's more so him. It's not really about her. It's him more and so the him. yeah, well Queen Consort Camilla. Camilla. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not about her. It's about him. So <laughs> that's the one time we can say that is that <laughs> in terms of this, uh <laughs> it's it's pretty much uh, his kingdom to rule. So um but that is in a few hours for our friends over in the UK. Um so a lot going on this weekend. Temperatures are way better than what they were about a week ago. Um, Not a lot of rain in a lot of places, but it is getting warmer, uh, especially here in the States. Um, So that's a sure sign that summer is around the corner. And yeah. Um, How are you doing, my friend? I'm, well, now I'm excellent because I've got a drink in my hand. Good go. I did see it is a margarita in a can. Okay. What? <laughs> I said we couldn't see what you it's were drinking. It's a margarita drinking, so, you... so I, I mean, I, I'm cheating a little bit. I didn't like, I didn't fire up the blender, but I also am not planning on. <laughs> There's only me here, so that's how that goes. Um, other than that, yeah, it's been, I mean, busy, but in a good way. Like busy. I'm not looking at the clock and the days going by. 
but I'm not feeling like, oh, my God, overwhelmed. So it's been kind of that kind of week for me. How about you? Uh, It has been a busy week, even though it's been a shortened week, but it has been a busy week for me. Uh, It has... I'm just glad to make it to Friday. <laughs> this is one of those things where a short week was a long week. That's not good, um, especially when you aren't at you know your normal nine to five uh, all week. But it's been a long week. I think I'm just happy to make it to Friday. I was happy that uh, you know we've made it to this point. I just, as always, hope that we have a very entertaining show for you. Um, a lot ahead on tonight's program. This is kind of going to be a potpourri night. Uh, if you are new to the show or if you have been listening to the show for a while, you know that potpourri night pretty much is a night in which we have pretty much every other different type of story throughout the entire show. Uh, it's nothing that fits into yay or nay. It's nothing that fits into, um, you know, the smoking gun files. It's nothing that fits into anything else that we normally do. It's just a bunch of stories that uh, we'll kind of go through uh, that you may not have known about, and we'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, We'll also take a live look at what's trending. Uh, we got Retro Moment of the Week tonight, and coming up in just a couple of seconds, the Almanac, and yeah, I think that's it. Um, (laughs) Oh, is that all? Is that all? That's a full-packed show. Um, We try to do that every week for you. Uh, this is also, I mentioned all of those things that are going on. Uh, the most interesting thing that I read this week um, was, well, by the way, the month of May is uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So let's not forget that. Um, the, there was a study out uh, this was from NBC News. 44% of Americans can't name a famous living Asian American. They can't. Uh, a, new su- a new study found that the most popular choices for famous Asian Americans were Jackie Chan, who is not American, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee, who died 50 oh. years ago, and Vice President mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. So that's one. That's more than one in four in America that are unable to name a famous Asian American. Uh, the study, which I is conducted, Lucy Liu. I mean, come on. I, I know. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, Asian American Foundation found that when asked, twenty-six percent of respondents said, "I don't know." Uh, like we said, Jackie Chan, who is not American, was the next most popular answer for the third year in a row at 12%. Bruce Lee, who died 50 years ago, was the second most popular choice at 6%. Vice President Kamala Harris was third. In all, it boils down to 44% of respondents either not knowing or giving a wrong answer. The study also wow. found that Southeast Asians were not listed among the top 20 names. The third annual social tracking of Asian Americans in the U.S. Index, which examines uh, attitudes and stereotypes toward Asian Americans in the Pacific Islands, surveyed 5,235 American adults nationwide. When asked to name a famous native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, 32% said that they didn't know. The next popular choices were Dwayne The Rock Johnson at 23%, 
singer Don Ho, who died 16 years ago at 8%, and actor Jason Momoa at 5%. Uh, in addition, the study found that 18% of Americans know what roles Asian American men and women are often portrayed as in television and film. The most popular choice for women was geisha sex worker stripper at 15% and kung fu martial artist 23% for men. Uh, the number of Americans unable to identify a famous Asian American has decreased since the first study. Now, the first status index, which was released in 2021, found that 42% of Americans couldn't name a famous Asian American. Among the names mentioned at that time were Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, and Lucy Liu. Uh, Norman Chen, who is the co-founder and chief executive of the nonprofit leading Asian Americans uh, to Unite for Change, told NBC News that this just shows that even when we're in the news, people are not really soaking in the presence of Asian Americans in our country. Um, a study in 2021 found that the top-grossing films between 2010 to 2019, audiences were often asked to laugh at they were always often asked to laugh at Asian Americans on screen. It also found that AAPI women were more uh, disproportionately sexualized than their Asian male and non-Asian female counterparts. I'm not surprised, sadly. Are you surprised? I'm not, no, and no. But also, people don't understand, like, Asian Americans encompasses a very large majority of people. Yes. Like, it's not just, okay, so Asian Americans is such a broad term. It covers Japanese, Chinese, Indian, because they're part of the Asian continent. Um, It includes the islands, so Polynesian islands, uh, Philippine islands, um, even like, if we really wanted to be technical, Russia is part of the Asian continent, so they're Asian too, but we don't claim them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't count that. <laughs> but, I mean, there are there are a lot of different Asian American, or there are a lot of different Asian cultures that immigrated into the Americas and have become quite big. I'm just like, are you serious? It, it's what gets me every time because it's like, okay, all right, sure, fine. So I guess at the end of the Why? day, I, I guess at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I mean, where do we lay the blame on the fact that people don't know? Uh, would it be media because there's not enough roles that are given? Uh, is it ourselves for not really doing our homework and branching out and probably because here's the thing that gets me about uh, this great country is that for the vast majority of, you know, people that we have here, all different backgrounds, all different types, the more we don't know about each other. And to me, you know, we just can't be one dimensional and look at what, I mean, even though we want to look at what, you know, culture does and learn its history, but you want to branch out and know others. The, the whole world knows more about us than we do about the whole world, which amazes me every time. Um, you know, they know more about our politics. They know more about, you know, particular things about this country. But I think if you went and asked 
people on the street about, you know, the type of government system in the UK or in, you know, uh, Switzerland, people wouldn't know. Um, I don't know if it's like something that needs to start at a school level or I don't know. Where does that start? Or, you know, why is that so that we don't know uh, about different people? Here's my hot take on it, and I know I'm going to be very unpopular after this. Um, I'm kind of glad they don't. I'm kind of glad they don't know. Like, it's a... a... (laughs) Hot take. I'm glad they, when somebody goes, name a famous alive... Asian American that we've done, and I say we because um, I am half, but like it's been done so well that we're like, hi, this is what we've done. You could, ah, okay, so like I think is the creator of the USB. Uh, I, <laughs> okay, I think it's the USB connector. And I think it was the inventor or the creator or the person that did whatever. Do a live but, fact check. <laughs> <laughs> probably, um, it's a uh, bot. It's the last name B H A T T. Um, everybody uses it. Everybody uses the USB somewhere along the line. This guy came up with it, Asian American. But we don't look and go, hey, the co-founder of the USB or the co-inventor or the co-creator or the creator, I don't know, of the USB is Asian American. We don't point at that. We go, hey, he was American. Funny because this is where my hot take comes in. I'm glad people don't know. That means they're not looking at Lucy Liu and going, she's Asian American, even though it's obvious. She's Asian American. She's just American. There's no plus on that. And at some point in life, I want everything to happen where it doesn't become down. It doesn't come down to Asian American, uh, European American, German American, Irish American, Italian American, African American, Hispanic American. I don't pick something, anything. Gay American. Pick anything. I want to get to the point where we don't have those kind of labels, and. Surprisingly, the Asian American population doesn't. So that's my hot. I hear I hear you on that one, but it makes me more disturbed that even though when pressed to name someone that was, they didn't even know it. They were still naming Bruce Lee, who died fifty years ago. <laughs> that's the other part. I, I, like I said, it's a hot take. I, I understand that, and I really wanted to get to that point, but I'd really like to get to the point where people are like, "Hey, you know, like there's obvious." One, I'm just talking people. I'm not even talking about like the inventor of mathematics, which isn't Asian American, by the way. Just saying, just because we're good at it doesn't mean that we invented it. But like, seriously, there are gaming giants in the gaming industry that are Asian American. That are Asian American. There are people out there that are living hella good lives that are Asian American and they're just quietly living their life. They're not being like, mm, maybe that guy from Twitter. Let's just start throwing that out there. But you know what I'm saying? I'm, this is going to be yeah. some hot takes tonight. I'm drinking already. So 
This is going to be fun. I would have expected, like, George Takai would be on that list. I would expect Keanu Reeves to be on that list, Sandra Oh, you know, uh, Daniel Day Kim, who's been a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, there are some obvious ones out there. We're not naming them. I just, uh, yeah. Jackie Kim. Actually, He's thing. my favorite. I didn't even know that Rob Schneider is part Asian. His oh, uh, yes, his maternal okay. grandmother Filipino. He my yeah, he my people right now. Okay, <laughs> people, don't be don't be dissing Rob Schneider. His daughter, his daughter, the singer, whatever her name is, I keep forgetting it because I like I know it, but then I forget it. I think it's Jesus, L King. Please. L King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's amazing. I love her. She looks nothing like an Asian American, but yet she is. <laughs> uh, yes. But no. Um, yes, it's hot take night tonight, as we, <laughs> as we hot. say. Hot take I, night. <laughs> yes, hot, hot take night tonight. We got, get your hot takes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we said, it is May 5th. Uh, today uh, is besides Cinco de Mayo, and I, wanted, and I have to tread lightly on this because, like I said, um, Cinco de Mayo has a different meaning among different people. And while you may be celebrating with your margaritas or your tacos, a lot of people who <laughs> you think that you're celebrating, it's not what they do. But anyway, uh, it's Cinco de Mayo. It's also National Astronaut Day. National Hoagie Day is today. It is National Totally Chipotle Day. Uh, National Cartoonist Day. National Space Day. Uh, it's School Lunch Hero Day. National Silence the Shame Day. International Day of the Midwife. World Portuguese Language Day. And African World Heritage Day. It's a lot of days. Um, that's just for today. I'm finding that May, I think February and May, probably have like a lot of days within it um tomorrow of course it's the first saturday of the month and so that is national play outside day the weather's nice enough in some areas uh so hopefully you'll do that now i kid you not, well it's kentucky derby day it's free comic book day tomorrow Ooh. So, uh, head to your local comic book shop there's not a lot left <laughs> It's Free Comic Book Day. And nice. also National Start Seeing Monarchs Day. And we're not talking about King Charles. We're talking about butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> it is also Join Hands Day, National Crepe Suzette Day, National Beverage Day, National Nurses Day, National Home Brew Day, National Scrapbook Day. Uh, it is also uh, National Bombshells Day. I know my friend is a part of that group, uh, so it's National Bombshells Day. Um, and I kid you not, there are two things tomorrow that don't match at all. It is national. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love how these days come up like this. It's National Fitness Day. But it is also mm-hmm. International No Diet Day. 
Nice. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> and then Sunday brings us National Tourism Day, National Packing Design Day, National Barrier Awareness Day, uh, National Lemonade Day is coming up, uh, and then National Roast Leg of Lamb Day, National Paste Up Day, and National Infertility Survival Day. And then on Monday, it's World Ovarian Cancer Day, International uh, Tala oh, – I'm going to get this so wrong – Talasaima <laughs> Day. I'll explain more in a minute. Uh, it's also World Red Cross Day and Time of Remembrance and Reconciliation, National Student Nurse Day, National Women's Checkup Day. Uh, and no, guys, do not wear your T-shirts that say Breast exam- Examiner. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, it's also National Half a Coke Day. <laughs> yeah. Poor guys. Yeah, yeah. I said, unless you want to get kicked in the balls, then you can wear it. <laughs> yes. It's also National Coconut Cream Pie Day um, on that day. And then on the 9th, it's National Homefront Heroes Day, uh, May 9th. It is National Alphabet Magnet Day. Didn't know that there was such a day. <laughs> Europe Day, National Butterscotch Brownie Day, National Moscato Day. Oh. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's also National Lost Sock Memorial Day. <laughs> Time to say goodbye to all of those single socks, the one where their mates have been lost to the unknown. <laughs> when you lose a sock like that and still have the other one, you gain a Tupperware lid. So when you lose a Tupperware lid, you gain back the, the socks. <laughs> yes. Again, hot take. No, no. Actually, they do mention Tupperware on here. Um, <laughs> and, but... It also says that some ways that you can celebrate the holiday is by making sock puppets. You can turn them into dust rags. Uh, You can turn them into chew toys for pets. You can make wrist warmers. You can make sock monkeys. Uh, You can fill them with beans and use them for cornhole. Uh, You can fill with rice and make a doorstop. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of creative ways to do that. Um, Fill them with rice and then put them in the microwave. They're really uh, nice hot packs. Mm-hmm. And then on May 9th, there's also National Sleepover Day. Um, <laughs> if you could choose any celebrity to have a sleepover with, who would it be? Oh, dang. You'd have to say that. I, there are a lot of celebrities I'd love to sleep over. The question is what kind of sleepover? You're talking like a sleepover where I can't assault them, or uh, well, can hey, I whatever, them? whatever happens, assault, happens. If I can lock them in a room, yeah, if I can lock them in a room and the sleepover turns into a kidnapping accidentally, um, then I'd say Chris Evans. Um, oh. <laughs> and and I mean accidentally, I didn't say on purpose, even though it would be on purpose. Overs where you braid each other's hair and talk about uh, bad relationships. Um, the girl from The Mandalorian, uh, Katie B. Smith, I think is the last name. I'd have her over because that would be fun. I I think she'd be a blast. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think. Uh, 
if it was someone who it wasn't going to lead to anything, um, hmm, only because she says she hasn't had sex in like years and years and years, it would. <laughs> It, it would have to be. It would have to be Drew Barrymore. I mean, because nothing's gonna happen. She's not gonna allow it to happen. Though I wouldn't mind if it happened, but I love Drew Barrymore. She has such like a sunny disposition. But it's almost one of those things where I'm fearful that what I see is gonna be so different when you like actually see her. Cause she might be like one of those moody people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like so nice on that time then once you get behind closed doors where's my coffee um, yeah um. <laughs> but that would be so cool because she seems like such a cool person to talk to um, uh-huh. nah, if it was something like your Chris Evans fascination um, I would actually have to say ooh you know what ooh, yeah yes. that's fun isn't it uh, I would have, have to say, if it was going to go that route, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to have my girl Blah Gigi stay over. So, yeah. If you don't know who that is, uh, look her up and you'll thank me later. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a chance to meet her a couple of weekends ago at Exotica. Love me some Blah Gigi. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. there we go. Yes. That would be like a sleepover every night. Um, but that is May 9th. Uh, May 10th, uh, next Wednesday, it's World Lupus Day. It's also National Washington Day, National Clean Up Your Room Day. That's an odd thing for the middle of the week. Um, it's National Lippet Day, National Third Shift Workers Day. It's National Shrimp Day, National School Nurse Day, and National Receptionist Day. Uh, speaking of shrimp, I'm trying to remember how many ways uh, Bubba and Forrest Gump said that you could cook shrimp. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very much smoothing. Lots. <sighs> right. <laughs> and then May 11th, next Thursday, it's National Foam Rolling Day. National Twilight Zone Day is May 11th. Um, yeah. Um, that is observed because, well, actually, um, I don't know why it's observed on that day. But anyway, uh, because the television show, which was, of course, written and narrated by Rod Serling, uh, premiered on October 1st, 1959. Um show only aired from 1959 to 1964. So, uh, it is also National Eat What You Want Day on May 11th. Is that next? See, that should have been right next to No Diet Day. Yeah, No Diet Day and Fitness Day. <laughs> they did that wrong. Um, <laughs> and then on next Friday, to give you a heads up, it's a lot of nurses stuff. So next Friday is International Nurses Day. It is International Emmy um, forward slash CFS Awareness Day. Uh, it's also National Sapphire Segula Day. Uh, it is National – what? Sorry, no, keep going. <laughs> you want to know what that is, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 keep going. No, no, no. I was making oh, did I say it wrong? I was, 
No, no, no. I was thinking about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it's not what you think. It probably is. <laughs> it is not what it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. Far, far from the opposite <laughs> side of probably what you're thinking. Probably. But if you're curious, I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, why not? Let's 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 hear it. You're gonna kick yourself, but anyway, here we go. So National Sapphire Segula Day on May 12th is a day of gratitude for single parents of special needs children to remind them that their service and sacrifices of love are seen, appreciated, and not in vain. Uh, in the Hebrew language, sapphire means precious, and segula means peculiar treasure. Uh, while we refer to children that are born with disabilities and special needs, they are so much more. They're a combination of special, some peculiar, but all are treasure, a pe- precious, peculiar treasure. So that is what that means, sapphire, segula. See, now I feel bad that I was making fun of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were thinking something part of See, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, what also... you got Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day, also National Nutty Fudge Day. And no. <laughs> 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 it actually is the fudge. Well, please, um, don't, please don't just play for me. <laughs> <laughs> pickup line I need in my life. <laughs> I got you some nutty fudge. I'm sure you do. There you go. Now you know the pickup line season. <laughs> but do it on May 12th. Some of us respond uh, to that. Yeah. <laughs> some of us respond. It is also National Odometer Day. It is Provider Appreciation Day, National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. Of course, we thank all of those spouses that uh, keep the households running uh, as spouses of those who are serving in the military. And May 12th is a day that I think kind of gets lost a lot of people. Uh, It is National Limerick Day on May 12th. Do you know any limericks? Um, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, there's one that I have here as an example. Uh, there was a young lady whose chin resembled the point of a pen. So she had it made sharp and purchased a harp and played several tunes with her chin. That's the one that is here. It's called There Was a Young Lady by Edward Lear. (laughs) He is credited with popularizing the limerick. (laughs) Nice. Yes. There you go. Yep. So there you go. So that's the almanac of all the things that are coming up. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> so, with that, we're already at the halfway mark. Well, what really is the halfway mark of this show? I mean, it, <laughs> I don't think that there really is a halfway mark to this show. Um, Not more. Yeah. 
So here's what we're going to do. Uh, because we are technically, if this was a one-hour show, but we got two full hours, but we don't always go full two hours. But anyway, um, also I forgot. If we have time, we may have an after dark. Um, that Ooh. could happen. <laughs> Actually, I kind of had a hot take part to after dark as well. It's something that I saw, <laughs> and I'm not sure if I want to bring it up tonight because it was something that kind of disturbed me to no end. Um, we might talk about this in a little while, uh, but anyway, uh, retro moment of the week is now. Um, I will tell you tonight's retro moment. Uh, you will see the pun that I have with one of the commercials. Uh, kind of has something to do with the weekend, but other than that, uh, retro moment of the week, and we'll be right back. You're listening to page one with our Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Pass the butter, please, Vicky. Vicky, the butter. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what's going on? It's a crown, love. I switched from butter to imperial margarine. You mean this is margarine? Not just any margarine, imperial margarine. Once you taste it, you'll agree. Sure tastes like butter. Pass the all fruit. Pass the polenta all fruit. Pass the polenta all fruit. Would you please pass the jelly? Polanner All Fruit is real fruit, sweetened only with fruit juice. You'll call it delicious, you'll call it remarkable, but please don't dare call it jelly. Polanner All Fruit, the spreadable fruit. Listening to page one, page one with Lavar and Mary, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. Welcome back to page one. It's Friday night, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Derby weekend, Coronation weekend, and whatever everything else. Weekend. Yeah, everything weekend. <laughs> so, yes, so now you know when King Charles, as soon as he has uh, some imperial margarine on his bread tomorrow, he will be crowned. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how it works, right? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, people in the UK, if you're listening, is that how it works, right? (laughs) (laughs) If that's the case, I'm king. I mean, I have imperial margarine every day. (laughs) You know what? I I do like me some imperial margarine. I remember that with fun. There there are fond memories of (laughs) us making fun of imperial margarine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you also have the I can't believe it's not butter? Or do you have... Uh, oh, we did parquet. Butter. Butter. Yeah. <laughs> butter. Parquet. <laughs> um, butter. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. You know what? Speaking of butter, I never liked the idea of butter and tubs because how do you measure that out? <laughs> 
Okay. Because Wait, the stick of butter. For all no, things. Because here's the thing. The stick of butter has the measurements on top. So if you know you need, like, um, a half stick of butter, if you look, it's at the top measured off for you. And a tub of butter, how do you measure that out? Spoons? Yeah, but how many? It doesn't tell you exactly how many you got to use. <laughs> now you got to do a guessing game to see. It's way easier on the stick of butter. Mm. Made you think about that. Depends on it? what you're. <laughs> Depends on what you're making. Yeah, don't make uh, me think. I'm yeah, yeah. I, I was told there was, yeah, I was told there was no thinking here. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you're fixing cookies, though, you don't want to get it wrong, right? Well, no, of course not. But then if you're fixing cookies, they don't tell you half is an older recipe or a family recipe, which is fine in either case. But if you're looking at, like, some of the more recent uh, recipes for cookies, they give you measurements, two tablespoons, a half a cup, whatever. Third Uh, cup. It's like Nestle Toulouse. For all of you Friends fans out there, <laughs> if you remember that episode where Phoebe gave uh, Monica Chandler her grandmother's uh, cookie recipe, and they couldn't figure it out, and then as they're sitting there in just despair trying to figure it out, and Monica grabs the bag of uh, the uh, chocolate chips, she starts reading off the ingredients for the cookie, and Phoebe was like, yeah, that's it. And she's like, Nestle's Toa. <laughs> Yes. Oh, friend. If you, if you got that one, bonus points for you. <laughs> um, but yes. So there was a story this week. <clears throat> I think we have talked in the past because we've talked about so many different things on this show. Um, there was a story out of Michigan this week where a Michigan school district has banned backpacks, even clear ones, admit a concern over guns. Monday was the first day of the prohibition for public schools in Flint, where threats at one campus in April helped to inspire the new rule. Uh, like I said, even the ones made of clear plastic. And the act was approved unanimously on April 25th by the Flint Community Schools Board of Education, and it came after the district officials locked down and then closed Southwestern Classical Academy for a day in April amid unspecified threats. Last week, a high school student in, uh, of course, uh, for, in Knoxville, Tennessee, was arrested after a gun he allegedly had in a backpack accidentally went off in a classroom, resulting in minor injuries for a teacher. And in January, of course, a six-year-old was alleged to have taken a handgun to his Newport News Virginia Elementary School in a backpack before he used it to seriously injure a teacher. Uh, according to the district, they said across the country, we've seen an increase in threatening behavior and contraband, including weapons being brought to the schools at all levels. Backpacks make it easier for students to hide weapons, which can be disassembled and harder to identify or hidden in pockets, inside books, or under other items. The school board decided on a fairly straightforward backpack ban that prohibits those made of transparent plastic. The ban applies through the end of the school year. In a letter to parents and other constituents last week, Superintendent uh, Kevin Jones argued that full, full prohibition was the best way forward. He says, we thought long and hard about this decision, knowing that it will impact how schools and families prepare for their days and operations in the classroom. 
Now, in February, the district surveyed students, parents, and staff members about limiting backpacks to clear ones. This alternative does not completely fix the issue, the district concluded. Weapons can still easily be hidden in clear backpacks. New policy states that small purses for personal items, clear plastic bags for gym clothes, and lunch boxes will still be allowed within reason. They'll also be subject to searches, the 11 campus K-12, K-12 district said. Uh, Alvin Hamlin, who's the father of an elementary school sixth grader, approved of leaving shoulder strap bags at home, basically for the safety of the kids. Uh, you have kids bringing guns and stuff to school now. Uh, a fellow elementary parent uh, also approved of the new policy, but with some reservations. She says, you can hide anything anywhere. I would still be concerned because anything can happen. A key to stopping violence on campus, Martin said, is having students who know better. I just hope the kids learn to make better decisions than what they were doing. Um, you know, usually when it starts in one place, it kind of spreads to other places as well. Now, uh, for full transparency, uh, in your career of working, you've worked as an educator. Uh, you, of course, had a child who went through the whole school system. What do you think mm-hmm. about the banning of all backpacks, including clear ones? Um, right now. Uh, okay. Um, as okay, I have I have I have two hats. When I was an educator, I was in the middle school um, section, so it was I was in eighth grade was where I spent most of my time. Um, but I did go all the way down to fifth, and I went up into uh, freshman year. So in that grade area. They need a way of carrying their what they need for class to classes. Now, going home and coming back, maybe if you were to have the backpacks be in your locker, you're not allowed to have backpacks during school hours, like before and after school, so you could get homework back and forth, um, doing all of those kind of things. I don't see a problem in that. Um, banning those kind of things during the school day. They should have in between classes enough time to stop by their locker, exchange what books they need for their next class, and get to the next class. Even if it is, I'm rushing through the hallway. Uh, There's no reason that they should have to have a backpack to go through that. With being a mom, uh, again, I go back to before and after school, getting stuff from to and from home with depending on what grade they're in, they need to have some kind of way of transporting that. So if you're going to ban backpacks, it's going to be hard for those students to take home homework. So if you're going to get rid of homework or make it all digital, then I can, agree, then I can get on board. As a parent, if you're not going to, then you need to figure out how you're going to get those books and papers and folders and notebooks and pens and calculators and, 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 oh, Chromebooks. Kids Mm -hmm. have Chromebooks now. So any of those things, those items need to be able to be transported, not just in school hours, but before and after. So that's going to be where the problem is going to lie. If you have, okay, well, they can bring their backpacks in, they put them in their lockers, blah, blah, blah. They can still bring in the gun. If that's your if that's your concern, I'm not saying that that's what they do, but they can still bring it in, and now they still have access to it. So if you're like, well, they can't have it at all. How are they going to get their home homework and their Chromebooks and their books and everything else 
to and from school. Right. So there, there's a very, there's a very fine line on that. Um, do I agree with it? Maybe for kindergarten, first and second grade, possibly, because their homework is usually like they could email that. It's usually like a worksheet or a mm-hmm. coloring page or a hey mom send in. 100 pieces of macaroni, you know, don't laugh. <laughs> I have to do that. Um, but, like, I, I get it. I get I get the concern, and I understand what they're trying to do. I don't think the execution was fully thought out. I think that's where I'm at. I'm in between. I understand what they're trying to do, and I get it. I just don't get it. Right. I well for somebody that's already two drinks in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, could <laughs> I'm kind of proud uh, myself. I know. I I am uh I will actually have to say I am proud of you. See we haven't even been keeping uh track of how many you've had so far this night. <laughs> So, yes, good for you. Um, that is, I feel like you should get a gold star. Um, I, I want a gold star. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give you, can we just at least give you a uh, one of the old school game show dings? Cut off. There you go. <laughs> good for you. Um, nice. So, yeah, I am on this one where I'm like you, and I, I worry it because it it really is a double-edged sword. Because here you have a situation where if you're doing that, you're right, and now you got to worry about the safety because of the era now in which kids have Chromebooks. What happens if said kid has to come to school, maybe even through, let's say, public transportation with said Chromebook? At least if it were in a backpack, it's kind of like protected. Nobody knows what they have. But you and I both know that with that risk of being out in public and having something like that just wide open, they run the risk of being robbed. Um, nobody's going to rob a kid for books, but for things like that, and I know people are like, well, the kids can leave it at school. Sometimes they need it for homework. Um, it is... To me, I think it's a wait-and-see approach. I I would think that things would have to be down the middle. I thought for sure they would at least keep the clear bag. I was more surprised. And I know they're trying to do this without having to have, uh, you know, the proverbial um, alarm system set up around the school and the uh, scanners and everything else. It just... It baffles my mind that in 2023, here we are now talking about even the danger of kids having backpacks in school. I think you and I both remember where we were probably in grammar school or high school of lunging around a book bag that pretty much by the end of the year was popping up the seams. The last thing you were thinking about was adding anything else besides your books Um, Mm -hmm. or or a project. You know, at that point, you pretty much put it in a bag and bought it with you. And now here we are where you can't even bring that 
you know, if someone is going to bring something in, and this is, and I don't want to put that out there, but I don't think banning bags is going to be it because, like the article said, there's still other ways they can bring it in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a waistband in their pocket. Uh, you know, any different way. So at that point, you know, heaven forbid if a situation occurs and someone bought something in, then what? You know, it's kind of like, where does it begin? Where does it end? And I don't know if, I mean, while a bag ban may help a small percentage of it, I don't think it's totally going to get rid of the problem that you're seeking to do. But we'll see. Um, it would definitely would not work for high school. Uh, you're going to have to figure out another way. But like you said, for the earlier grades in which there's not a lot that they are responsible for really carrying, uh, that may be first through third or maybe first through fourth. Uh, I would like to be naive and say that you don't need one. But then again, there are younger kids doing things out here that boggle my mind every day, and it's scary. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know where the beginning and the end to this will be. But I do think that if they are successful in at least having uh, no situations occur, I would not be shocked to see other school districts maybe look at something like that in high schools maybe looking more at probably – uh, you know, the uh, it's so sad to think about having scanners and other stuff at the school, you know, in this day and age, but it seems to be that's where we're headed. Um, but like I said, I'd like to be the naive person to think that the events that are happening right now uh, will decrease, but you do have to be careful. And like I said, where it starts and where it ends, who knows? Let's just hope we don't have to sit here and talk about months from now or something else that occurred at a school. So. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, just I, of course, I got, I'm getting text messages in that. And um, for people that aren't in the U.S., um, definitely there's a misconception that there's, there's scanners in every school. Um, that the, that every every school has to walk you through a metal detector or um, some kind of uh, bag check or there's security guards. Um, my schooling, we didn't have any kind of security. We didn't have anybody in the school other than the educators and the administrators. And trust me, I did not want to piss off the secretary in the front area because she was mean. But that was back in the day. Um, but even with that, we don't necessarily have security officers. Uh, we don't necessarily have metal detectors. I'm not saying all schools are that way. We do have some schools that do. Um, there's a couple of schools here in uh, Las Vegas that have security on site, but they don't have metal detectors. And these are schools that have my school, we had maybe 500 kids. This this school has maybe three times that in one grade level. Um, colleges, I don't know that any real universities have metal detectors. No. I know they have security, but I don't know of any of them that have scanners or metal detectors or x-ray machines 
in their schools unless no. they have a specific program that they don't want getting proprietary information out for. Right. Um, and even then, I think it's it's very minimal. So just like, kind of like an FYI, because we're talking yeah. like everybody understands what's going on, right. where some schools are portrayed the way they are, and they a, a vast majority of the U.S. schools don't. They don't have those kind of things. Sorry, don't want to give that away. Don't want you to think that every school has one and everybody brings their guns. No, no, that's not the fact. It's to deter at specific schools, but some do, some don't. I don't really see a lot of colleges with those. I don't think colleges really want to put that out there as having, uh, you know, issues with that. So you're not going to really see that at a college. I remember, you know, when I was in grammar school, we had one guy who sat there at the front who pretty much was, what uh, I guess, community policeman or whatever it was and uh that's all you know he'd sit there hey who are you i mean if he saw the kids he knew we were there uh if he saw an adult coming in he'd point him in the right direction you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that was right. it and then you know you're not here <laughs> right in high school you know i think the guys that pretty much were around was you know you had the front desk staff and then you had like gym teacher and you know, somebody else was a volunteer parent dad who was a cop who sat around there and, you know, looked out and whatever. That was it. I mean, it really wasn't anything major. You didn't have, you know, uh, anybody, like, being there or metal detectors. I mean, heck, you know, you would walk in and, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, an interesting story. Also, another interesting story this week was the U.S. Search General. Uh, here in the United States, uh, there is an epidemic uh, that is occurring, according to them, but it's of loneliness in the United States and lacking connection. And they're saying that that can increase the risk of premature death to levels comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's a new advisory from the U.S. Surgeon General. I know. The report, which was released this week, titled Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation, finds that even before the COVID-19 pandemic, about half of U.S. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness. And it warns that the physical consequences of poor connection can be devastating, including a a 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of stroke, and a 50% increased risk of developing dementia for older adults. Uh, Dr. Vivek, Murray Murthy told All Things Considered on NPR that it's hard to put a price tag, if you will, on the amount of human suffering that people are experiencing right now. In the last few decades, we've just lived through a dramatic pace of change. We uh, we move more. We change jobs more often. We're living with technology that has profoundly changed how we interact with each other and how we talk to each other. And you can feel lonely even if you have a lot of people around you because loneliness is about the quality connections. Across age groups, people are spending less time with each other in person than two decades ago. The advisory reported that this was the most pronounced in young people ages 15 to 24 who had 70% less social interactions with their friends. Uh, Murthy said that many young people now use social media as a replacement for in-person relationships, and this often meant lower quality connections. He says, we also know that for some kids, being online has been a way to find community at a time when many of them have not been able to. What we need to protect against, though, are the elements of technology and social media in particular 
and seek to maximize the amount of time that our children are spending online at the expense of their in-person interactions. Advisories are reserved for issues deemed significant public health challenges that, quote, need the American people's immediate attention, according to a statement from the Surgeon General, who has spoke openly of his own experiences with loneliness in the past. And in response, the advisory outlines the framework for a new national strategy. It's based on six foundational pillars, which are, one, strengthening social infrastructure, which includes things like parks, libraries, as well as public programs, enacting pro-connection public policies at every level of government, including things like accessible public transportation or paid family leave, mobilizing the health sector to address the medical needs that stem from loneliness, reforming digital environments to, quote, critically evaluate our relationship with technology, putting our knowledge through more robust research into the issue, and cultivating a culture of connection. Uh, They said that loneliness isn't a uniquely American problem, but instead a feature of modern life around the globe. Yeti noted that in the U.S., participation in community organizations from faith groups to recreational leagues has declined in recent decades. Um, But a 2022 paper from Johns Hopkins also found socially isolated older adults had a higher chance of developing dementia than their peers. There's a lot more to this, and it's very interesting. And I get it. Um, It is... I worry about, you know, especially like older people, because they need interaction. You know, all of us need at some point some form of interaction. I don't know, and I do know that some people do use social media, quote, as their uh, springboard, as their um, as their tool to talk to people. And sometimes people use it as, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm kind of going to get to this, and I'm going to get on the hot takes for a moment. <laughs> If you don't mind. So, to me, and, and there was another story this week that I think I saw about AI technology. We can totally get to that in another different show at another different time. There's some disturbing things about that, uh, which, for one, if you have Snapchat, you know what I'm talking about uh, with the new AI uh, bot that they have on there. But there are good things about technology that extend us to people that we would have never been able to talk to. But there's also bad things about technology from a standpoint of loneliness, because if you feel shunned by an online community, you take it way personal than what it would have been, you know, the going out and actually connecting with people. Um, So I kind of get the loneliness thing. Um, I'm more interested that they're now considering it a part of the U.S. Surgeon General to actually do something about it. I'm not sure what they could do about it from an individual standpoint, though, and I'm not sure what the policies that they want to do is going to help, because if someone feels that they're lonely, they may not want to extend themselves to things that, quote, are supposed to help curb that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's your take on that? Um, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm one of the, uh, okay. So I met my boo online and there are online applications that are out there that help people connect. The issue becomes a problem when they don't get offline. 
mm. and actually connect. So just because you meet somebody online, you have a great connection, et cetera, et cetera, um, if you don't get offline and actually, like, physically see somebody. Uh, I thought we had a story not so long ago on the show. I think we talked about it on the show where the during COVID, people were having, you know, Skype calls and they were doing video calls and they were doing all sorts of things and they thought they were in love and then they met. Died. People need that connection. There's a physical, there's a physiological, um, there's physiological studies about touch and talk and watching people's faces and, you know, being in close proximity and seeing um, smells and, and sounds and just how things, people react to certain things. There's actual, like, studies for that. I remember us talking about that. Um, so I get you. And I understand where the Surgeon General needs to get a little bit involved. But not necessarily, I don't know that they could solve it. Maybe they just need to bring it to light and then right. have everybody be like, hey, it, it needs to be more of a holistic approach. It can't be just one company. It can't just be one section. It can't right. just be the Surgeon General. It has to be, you know, Food and Drug Administration. It has to be the uh, Surgeon General. It has to be the CDC. It has to be mental health and um, the their new section that they just created. What did Biden just create? I can't remember what it's called, but I just saw it. So the, it needs to be all of those places basically working together. We cannot segregate it, I guess. We can't separate it. There's no way that we can put it into one little box because it doesn't fit. But that's a, it's a good place to start maybe. But I just don't know how they just fix it. Yeah. It's it's Other kind of one of those people th- involved in getting people involved in stuff. Like get right. your kids involved. Right. Uh, I I thought for sure, you know, and that's you touched on something where we touched about mental illness and there's a lot of that happening lately. That's a whole show in itself. We're not even gonna go there. Um but yeah, it's one of those things where I think it's just a more of an awareness and things that are available, but it's up to the person, I think, really, at the end of the day, of kind of doing something about it. But, uh, I mean, I'm glad that they're recognizing it uh, because loneliness does happen for a lot of people. And like you said, you could be around a lot of people and still be lonely. That's almost the mm-hmm. worst loneliness. Um, so it happens, and I'm sure it's happened to all of us. I'm not going uh, to lie to you. It's happened to me. I'm pretty sure it's happened to other people. So. Um, but if it does, I hope that everyone's able to do something about it. By the way, I thought you were going to say, I thought when you said your boo, I thought you were going to say your sweet babu, like Sally used to call <laughs> <laughs> You know what? He might be lonely, so we'll have to invite him onto the show so that he can just talk about his, his takes. Because his hot takes are going to be way different than ours. I know this. <laughs> which is the enjoyable thing, which is what I love about, you know, takes. I mean, do I love you to listen to the audience and your takes? Yeah, some weeks. <laughs> and I know that we've been bad about not really. No, here's the thing. I, I'm fearful because I know that there's some of you out there with bad intentions when you come on the air. So that's why we really haven't taken calls. But soon we will. Uh, I love all of you for listening. 
and we'll do that one of these days, but there's just a few that ruin it for you. Um, <laughs> so if you're coming on or if you do want to come on, we're more than welcome to your takes. But uh, if you're coming on, be serious about it. Don't come on messing it up for everybody else. Because um, if you do at that point, then we're going to put you on blast. But otherwise, we'd love to have you. <laughs> just saying. Um, otherwise, we're giving it out. Right. <laughs> That's the rule. Uh, but let's take a live look first at what is trending. Um, trending tonight, of course, it is um, James Harden uh, and Joel Embiid who are trending because the 76ers played the Boston Celtics. Uh, Joel uh, James Harden, not a good night. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is, I don't know what the final that score is because I was trying to bring that up. didn't see it. Uh, SmackDown's trending tonight because they were in Puerto Rico where they will be having their pay-per-view tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, Puerto Rico. Um, that is one place I would love to go because I've heard so many good things about Puerto Rico. Um, the beaches look phenomenal there. Um, one of these days. <laughs> so, hey, if Paris can make his way out there, then yeah. <laughs> yes. So, no, that's uh, a couple of things. Like I said, Cinco de Mayo is trending. Um, also, um, uh, Lisa Kudrow and I was talking about Phoebe earlier. I didn't even know that. Um, she is trending tonight. Why? Uh, they just, all of a sudden, they just got like, it's it's weird. Uh, there was a picture of Lisa Kudrow as a brunette. And it was trending because a lot of people um, did not know it was her. And actually, I'm kind of shocked to see this photo because I didn't know. Um, that it, it totally looks different. Um, so yeah, she is trending tonight. And then also trending, um, is the, uh, is a television show here oh, on patrol live. Uh, they are trending here nationally here in the States. And then, um, I'm going to get this so wrong. Um, the Raptor, is that correct? Uh, more to it. <laughs> I need more because there's a couple of Raptors out it's there. It's something about a uh, regional Pokemon bird. Uh, there's Star a Star Raptor. Thank you. Thank you. That's why you're, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give me more. <laughs> so give me more. They have yeah, it's a little bit of a survey going on tonight where you choose two of these, quote, regional bird Pokemon to keep. The rest of them and their evolutions would be gone forever. So you have to choose. One of them kind of looks like Toucan Sam. Uh. Yep. <laughs> There's also Braviary that is a good one. That one looks like a very American bald eagle. And by that, yeah. I mean, like, it's red, white, and blue instead of just being bald eagle-ish. Okay. Oh. 
I have no idea what you just said, but I think <laughs> I have to catch up on my Pokemon. <laughs> I love it. That's how bad I am with that. All I know about is Pikachu and um, the rare one, the rare card. Oh, man. Um, Charizard. Charizard. Uh, the only reason I know about that one was because I saw an episode of Pawn Stars, and the guy came in, and he had about, I think, pretty much uh, a ton of Charizards, which I don't know how he got a hold of all of them. Uh, but he had them. And I think Rick passed on it because he really didn't know much about Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. <laughs> he could have had the, he could have had the probably highest amount of Charizards than anyone else on this planet, and he passed it up. So, yep. uh, Potpourri is ahead. But what I'm going to do is we're going to take one more little break. Uh, you know, since it's Cinco de Mayo, it's Friday night. I'm actually going to do an edit here as we're doing the show. So I um, well, you know, all of the stories are not they're not bad. Uh, I'm trying not to bring in any more doubter stories. We've done enough of the serious stories tonight, so uh, we'll do some amazing <laughs> things out of potpourri. Uh, I may edit a few for time, but. Popery is next. This is page one here on Blog Talk Radio. Have you noticed? You hear something new at fountains today. People who think young say, Pepsi, please. The lively crowd today agrees. Those who think young say, Pepsi, please. They pick the right one. A modern light one, now it's Pepsi, for those who think young. When you say Pepsi, please, you're putting yourself among people who like their leisure. With Pepsi, the drink that's young. So go ahead and pick the drink that lets you drink, young as you think. Yes, get the right one. The modern light one, now it's Pepsi, for those who think young. Or you could be a Coke fan, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get people mad at me, so you could be Pepsi or Coke. I don't know. It's up to you. Um, Interesting story that is coming out tonight. Uh, Well, not tonight. Well, it's coming out over the last day. Um, there were 10-year-olds among hundreds of children found working at McDonald's restaurants. They were discovered working unpaid and until as late as 2 a.m. at one McDonald's restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky, which was operated by Bauer Food LLC, according to the Labor Department. More than 300, uh, including two 10-year-olds, like I said, were found. In one case, investigators found two 10-year-olds were working unpaid until as late as 2 a.m. The two children prepared and distributed food orders, cleaned the store, worked at the drive-thru window, and operated a register. One of them was also allowed to operate a deep fryer, prohibited for workers under the age of 16 under federal law. This isn't, like I said, this isn't in some other country. This is here in the United States. 
Most of the restaurants, 45 of the 62, were in Kentucky, according to data released by the department. Uh, and the two 10-year-olds were among at least 305 children found to have been employed in violation of federal labor laws across 62 McDonald's locations in Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio. Uh, they operated under three franchisees. Uh, the Bauer Food LLC said the two 10-year-olds alleged to have been employed at the McDonald's restaurant were children of a night manager who were visiting their parent at work and were not approved by franchise organization management to be at that part of the restaurant. Uh, the franchisee said it has taken steps to ensure policies regarding children visiting a parent or guardian at work were clear to all employees. It says these reports are unacceptable, deeply troubling, and run afoul of the high expectations we have for the entire McDonald's brand. That's crazy. <laughs> I just see a picture of Ronald McDonald standing there overseeing two kids bopping the floor. <laughs> With a whip. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You want that happy meal? You work it. <laughs> and then they probably like uh, had the fry right. guys come over and like uh... <laughs> don't make me bring grimace out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful thing for you to say, but still hilarious. Um, it's That's off color and wrong. And I- Care. I don't care because the entire thing is wrong. So I'm allowed. I, I, it's 2023. Why is this happening? This isn't like the 40s or 50s when it was cool to have like a little kid running and doing like different little jobs for you. You know, you paid him a dime, you know, or something like that. It was like a one time thing. 2023. It's actually a mob boss. Right, right. Ronald McDonald's is actually a mob boss. Right. <laughs> he's running. They're running. <laughs> Makes me a they're, coke, they're running. A coke or, it's organized restaurant touring. Oh, my right. God. Ronald sits there sipping on his Coke. <laughs> yeah, Ronald's in the back counting all the money. The kid comes by and goes, can I have a break, sir? No. No. You can only have the hamburger out of this destroyed Happy Meal. You want the toy, you got to clean the toilet. You, you think in place of, like, a cigar, he's smoking a french fry? And, yeah, and, like, his muscle is Grimace. Like, Grimace and the Hamburglar are the muscle. All I can think of is Grimace. Grimace is that prototypical, like, 1940s and 50s one, like, duh, listen to the boss, you know, like that. That's Grimace. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. wrong. It's off color, and I I don't like that the kids are working. I'm not. No, I'm not in. That is I do not. I do not condone it in any way, shape, or form. But this is ridiculous. But this is gotta, so not right. It's like be <laughs> that smart. Is funny. Be smart. Like it had to have been happening for a while for Department of Labor to get involved. This isn't a thing of somebody coming to visit your job. And at two a.m., who visits their parents at their like? Third shift job like that at two a.m. I, I understand, and that and that also brings another issue of childcare for those who are working because there's so many things that come out of this story. Because if the parent has to, like, if they were visiting and they had a chance to be at home with someone, then shame on that parent for having it about at two a.m. But I know in a lot of places there are single parents who don't have an opportunity to have 
proper child care for their kids. That's the problem that a lot okay, of these jobs. Child care doesn't go in at 2 a.m. You work right. a third shift job, there's no child care that's open third shift. No, no. I mean, there are a few 24-hour. that are not. Right. Yeah. There's a few 24-hour daycares I know of, but it's money, you know? Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. to take a serious look at people who are working in child care in this country because it's, that's insane that, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's insane that that's happening still. And that's, yeah. I mean, we, we'll, we'll joke about it from the other aspect, but the other aspect of the Bay part of that story, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll joke around about part of it, but yeah, no, it's still not right. Children yeah. should not be working, but no, 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 no. 2 a.m., uh, those kids are not really working. No, they're not. <laughs> I hope, and the, <laughs> what, a deep fry? No. That, yeah, that's ridiculous. <sighs> Man. If Come anything had happened, yeah, if anything had happened, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so for those of you who travel, how would you like this story? <laughs> a New Jersey oh. woman reached out to her sister's um, station's investigative team at 6ABC uh, in, uh, I think it was uh, New York or New Jersey. But what happened was that, or I'm sorry, Philadelphia, but uh, it took her, well, after a travel mishap, landed her nearly 900 miles from her final destination in a different country without a passport. Beverly Ellis Hebert of Gloucester County is a self-described seasoned traveler. <laughs> Not anymore. She jets back and forth from <laughs> Philadelphia to her second home in Jacksonville, Florida often. She says she flies once every six weeks, and she picked frontier flights because we flew so often. Uh, Ellis Hebert said she arrived at the Frontier Airlines gate for a flight on November 6th, and the gate board read PHL to JAX. Recovering from back surgery and slower than usual, she asked an agent if she had enough time to run to the restroom. She said yes, you know, about 20 minutes. She said when she returned a short time later, she found the flight almost fully boarded and the jetway door about to close. When she went to board her flight, the gate agent questioned the size of her personal travel bag, so she put it in the baggage sizer. I put it in, and when I went to take it out, my arm right here got all scraped up. I was bleeding, she said. She said the gate agent then hurried her to board. She said, come on, come on, give me your boarding pass. I would say I took about 10 steps, and she says, are you Beverly Ellis Hebert? I said, you just had my boarding pass. You just checked in. Yes. She said, all right, go, go. Once in flight, her reality set in. The flight attendant tending to Ellis Hebert's bloody wound said she'll be able to relax once they landed. In Jamaica. <laughs> she says, I laughed. I said, I, wouldn't lo- I would love to be going there, but I have a beach where I live, said Ellis Hebert. She says, look at me. This plane is going to Jamaica. And I knew by the look at her face she wasn't joking. Here's the problem. She didn't pick, pack a passport since so she was staying stateside. The flight crew told her the flight to Jacksonville had a gate change, and she was now headed to the Caribbean. She was also told you're entering a different country without a passport. That's bad. Ultimately, Jamaican authorities allowed her to remain in the jetway, which she was told is considered U.S. soil. The flight crew remained with her until the next flight to Philadelphia took off several hours later. Uh, when the investigative team contacted Frontier Airlines, they would only say the issue was addressed with airport personnel. They also offered her a $600 voucher and refunded her original ticket. 
Uh, she told Action News she really just wanted an apology. She says it should have never happened because I did not have a passport. The woman at the gate did not do her job. Uh, the investigative team reached out to the TSA, FAA, and U.S. Customs and Border Control. All agencies says it is up to the airline to match the passenger on its manifest. Uh, Frontier Airlines statement uh, following the response to your deal is, we extend our utmost apology to Beverly Ellis Herbert uh, for this unfortunate experience. We sincerely regret she was able to board the wrong flight. Uh, and they go on to talk about how uh, they have a flight voucher tied to her name that is valid for one year. <laughs> that is crazy. A, a flight voucher? How yes, does that happen? A different country. That flight did, voucher better be able to take me to that country. I would like to have that flight. How? How? I couldn't get on a flight when I had a passport and a ticket and everything. And they said, no, you can't because you have to spend a night. And then kicked me off. I was at the gate. And this lady gets to the gate and they're like, yeah, you're okay. Get on board. Was that, how was her seat not taken by someone else? Well, I, I, there are so many questions. So many questions. Well, you you travel, so you tell me how could something like that occur? I I don't I have no clue because apparently I use airlines that do their job. I have had to have my passport out and ready to show like seven people before I get on the flight. Half the time, I feel like I need to have it on the flight because they're always like, "Oh, are you Miss Han? Yes. Do you see the seat? This is my ticket." Like, yeah, like, I have no idea how she got past that agent other than they were hurrying and were just like, whatever, it's fine. She knows where she's going. And even with that, I don't think they would do that. Like I said, I got all the way to my gate. And they said, oh, no, you've been moved. You can't go. Like, I went through security. I went through TSA, took off my shoes, made sure that I didn't have anything that was bigger than three ounces for liquid, the whole shebang. I'm at the gate getting ready to board, and I had to watch it take off before they could walk me back into customs and fix my problem. And that, luckily, I had planned to give myself a day for jet lag when I got back, but had I not, I would have I had to call a lot of different people because I was delayed more than a day. Mm. And I had to show my passport I don't know how many times. And this lady just gets onto a flight and ends up in Jamaica? What the heck? All right. What the heck? <laughs> I tell you. Um, always bring your passport. Yes. Always bring it. Uh, never never leave home without it. <laughs> <laughs> you might end up in Jamaica. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's – that is – I. Because, yeah, like you said, you have to show – because even before you get on, they're going to ask you like a million questions uh, about, you know, exactly where you're going. So, uh, I don't know. Where are you going? Where did you come from? Where did you stay? Who were you staying with? How long were you there? I got the gambit. The, like the last trip I came through, I mm-hmm. swear to you, that person asked so many questions. We could have been like, I could have been like, do you need my blood type and my firstborn child? 
because I, I, I don't have them available. It it was, where'd you go? Where'd you come from? You know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? Do you have any fruit? Wow. I, I'm just beyond surprised. But, yeah. You have no cash, no credit, nothing. What will you do? What will you do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Get those American Express travelers checks, kids. <laughs> don't leave home without it. <laughs> don't leave uh, home without it. You know, sports fans around the world who uh, have uh, – here's the thing. And maybe you can answer this for me here in real time. Uh, football, uh, European football, <laughs> okay. do they have cheerleaders or no? I'm going to go with no, but we have people that know and the best. <laughs> we'll get an answer Let's to that. Let's see. I, yes, cheerleaders in football, Premier League. I'm going to go no. Because I don't oh. remember seeing any of them on TV. Okay. Well, of course, we all know here in America how cheerleaders uh, make up a good portion of the sports leagues. Uh, but uh, this past week, uh, when the Winnipeg Jets season ended after getting knocked out of the playoffs by the Vegas Golden Knights, ESPN offered up a hilarious excuse for that early exit. Uh, with the Jets trailing the Knights 4 to nothing in the second period, their broadcast uh, pretty much returned from a commercial break and mentioned the sights of the crowd, including an Elvis impersonator and the team's dancers. Uh, the dancers that during warm-up were only behind the Winnipeg side. Uh, one of the analysts said that they just find that hilarious. They said, I didn't realize that it was just the away team that was getting distracted. They said, I guess you'll have to explain that. But when you look at Vegas and there's no dancers, every little bit to get home ice advantage. Uh, the broadcast then aired video from the scene in pregame warm-ups, which featured the Vegas dancers conveniently placed behind Winnipeg's net. There's no question what those dancers were trying to do. <laughs> play by play voice concluded, those dancers are not in the Vegas zone, so it might have worked there as it was 4 to nothing Vegas at that point. Teams have been accused and even caught and noise piping scandals to boost their home advantage. But they said the Vegas Golden Knights being suspected of conveniently placing dancers to distract the opposition for a home ice advantage is next level. If true, uh, they say it's like Shane Falco and his Washington Sentinels getting an assist from their cheerleaders who suggested dancers effectively distracted the opposition into replacements. <laughs> and the Golden Knights. I love that movie. The- <laughs> The Golden Knights went on to win that one on Thursday night, uh, winning the series of five games. Uh, it's hard to say how much of an impact the dancers actually had on Winnipeg, considering the Golden Knights were already having a favorite in that series. <laughs> but ESPN sounded convinced. So our overseas correspondent has returned an answer. No, they do not have cheerleaders or dancers at the Premier League level, at least. And that's Vegas, LOL. Kind of giving you the heads up on that. Especially um, with an no, Elvis wrestling impersonation. <laughs> of course. Of, of, you should realize that's what's happening. I'm surprised the dancers didn't have feathers. Um, <laughs> show girls, thank you. I earned my stripes. 
I've gotten my plastic surgery. Um, I'm snappy now. Uh, no, I, I love the replacements, and when they had the dancers doing the, oh, my God, did you see that? They smacked the other girl's butt. Like, 100% went, like, mm, yeah, that's kind of funny. Didn't think that another team would take that as, like, their playbook. But, hey, not going to lie, it's pretty on par for a Vegas team. Like, yeah. let's be serious. Yeah. Not shocking. Not I'm shocking. Surprised, oh. I'm surprised people had clothes on. Come on. <laughs> Only in Vegas. Um, Only you know, Vegas. I was in – I was at Miami's Art Basel um, – Museum a while, many dudes ago when I went down to Miami. Um, so the artwork installation of a banana duct tape to a wall, which took Miami's Art Basel by storm in 2019, is making headlines again, but this time for far different reasons. The installation called Comedian, which is part of Marizo Catalan's exhibition We, is currently on display uh, at Seoul's Liam Museum of Art. The work consisted of a ripe banana duct taped to a wall, similar to that which made headlines in Miami nearly four years ago, according to the BBC. However, and I think you know where I'm going with this story, over the weekend, a South Korean art student took the banana off the wall because he was, quote, hungry, according to the BBC. The student told the museum <laughs> he ate it because he was hungry, after eating the banana on the display, uh, the student taped the peel back onto the wall. <laughs> I guess if you're going to be ever so kind. Uh, the peel was later replaced by the museum with a fresh banana. Uh, it happened suddenly, so no special action was taken. The artist was informed of the incident, but he didn't have any reaction to it, the museum spokesperson told CNN. The student... Uh, whose name was No Hun Su, who ate the banana, told a local news outlet that what he did could quantify his art. <laughs> Luckily for him, the museum won't pursue a pretty damages, according to reports. Comedian is the centerpiece of a large exhibition of Catalan's art at the Liam that's going on through July. <laughs> Don't eat the art. At least, put the, at least you put the peel back. The peel is probably worth more than the banana itself. I mean, come on. I think what we should do, how many uh, cans of margaritas have you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm at three right now, and I've slowed down just because I'm starting to get a little pink. I was almost going to say I was going to end the show, but since you're in this mood, I think this is actually a good thing to continue the show. This is where I wish we had I'm live not, voting. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for the good of the show. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, no, I, you know what? I had a good story um, after Dark Story, but I think I'll leave yeah? it for next week. Huh? No, no, no. What? What is it? We have time. Well, I originally gave you one, but there was another one that, kind of I, I don't huh. this is going to sound so wrong and I hope that people don't take this the wrong way because this is what I saw 
Uh, one of the favorite hot things. Take, that, so huh? I said it's hot take night, so why not? Yeah, it's hot take night. <laughs> so I got to tell you, uh, one of my favorite things to watch uh, from time to time when I have a chance to watch it, and I hope that some of you do, uh, there is a beautiful lady. Her name is Kendra G. She is on the radio here in Chicago. She actually does a singles program, which actually has a lot of worldwide audience because she gets people from pretty much every country who is looking for love. Uh, they come on, they talk about you know their background, who they're looking to date, um, who they're looking to see. Of course, you get some people who are looking for a green card. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They're flat out honest about it. Um, you'll get a lot of... of different types of people at different stages of their life. Some are stories in which you so want to hope for the best uh, for them. Others, I think, are on there to pretty much kind of just look for attention. But there was a Uh lady on there um, last week, and I don't know why it kind of bothered me. Um, Pretty much in... All of it. I think she had, if I remember the background to it, she had, uh, I'm going to get this so wrong, but it was something like five kids. Uh, She was only 29, uh, already at five kids. Yeah. Okay. And she she wanted a man who will care about her kids and take care of some of her responsibilities. Uh, Pretty much the way that the video went, uh, it was like, hey, give her half the rent without her asking. Loyalty, but loyalty is more important than money. And it brought up something because, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to dating, and I think we talked about uh, Marquez uh, Houston last week when he talked about older women, kids, you know, <laughs> if he, was t- he pretty much was maligning women over the age of 40. This is a woman who's not even 30 yet and pretty much is saying, hey, care for me and my kids. But when it comes to situations like that, is it really the responsibility, quote, of a man coming into a relationship in which there's multiple kids that aren't his? Should that, I guess, pressure lie on him? to be the one responsible for those kids? Big, high, like, octave change there at the end. No. No. Um, okay. Ladies, I, I, I've, I've had a few, so I do apologize if this comes off crap hey. or bitchy or, yes. or anything. <laughs> but get your shit together, okay? I, you can't go out there and just expect some guy to be like, hey, I have five kids. You're taking care of them. It doesn't work like that. You need to be responsible for your own actions. And if you are going out there looking for some dude to take care of your kids that aren't even his, you're going to be lucky if you find that guy, number one. But number two, maybe you should keep your legs pushed together a little bit longer during the relationship. Just saying. Trust the nickel between your knees for a while, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll find a guy that's, yeah, I want to take care of your kids. 
Now, I'm not going to say there aren't men out there that were, are willing to do that, especially for people that are willing to, like, compromise and are worth it. And in their world, if she's worth it, great. You just can't go into every kind of relationship and expect everybody to think that you're so worth it that I'm going to take care of your five kids. No. I'm so grouchy tonight. <laughs> Love it. Love I am, it. I am, I am a single mom. I take care of my own. And then I've always told everybody that I've dated from the time that I started dating, which wasn't right away either, but from the time I started dating to now, I've told every single person that I've ever dated, I don't need a man. I don't need a a, a provider. I've done it. Do it on my own. And I've done it pretty damn well by myself. Thank you. I have batteries. I have plugins. I have movies. I'm good to go. But I want somebody to share and walk with me this path that I'm walking. And if you are willing to share and walk with me, then I'm willing to share and walk with you. And we can support each other as individuals and be independent and still have a great partnership. Looking for a partner, not a provider. I'm looking for a person that I can share my time with not just some man that I'm sharing my bedroom with. There's a lot of different things in the world out there, and I'm sorry, ladies, we all need to step it up. I think we're all queens. I think every woman that I've ever met that's really just putting it down there, like she's really doing it, I've met some very amazing women. And I would aspire to grow up to be like one of them when I do grow up. Don't just, oh, there's, always one there's always one and there's way more than one i know this but there's always somebody that's like i need this it's like no you don't just because you got boobies and of a jj don't mean that you get to have that stop it (laughs) (laughs) luckily my kiddo is on the same page as i am so i'm good to go i raised a good woman and i'm proud of that she, oh. Yeah, I know, right? She pissed me off. <laughs> it's definitely enough for me, dog. Yeah, I. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hope that mm, I'm gonna <sighs> not be as bitchy as me. <laughs> as you know, on the show, I will try to be the person from the middle portion of this. Life brings us to a lot of different situations. Whether you have three kids by a certain age, five kids from a certain age, whether you had five different baby daddies, whether you had one, whether you had ten. The thing is, is that it is unfair. And this, this goes both ways. It is unfair, I think, for anyone to expect a person that is on the opposite end to come in right away and be a provider in that sense, especially in the getting to know you stage. It's unfair to put that pressure on that person. 
And whether you are a woman with four or five kids or whether you're a guy that has five different kids roaming around here somewhere, that's unfair to put, quote, that motherly stage or expect her to be a disciplinarian and or co-parent on a single woman or a woman coming into that situation. It doesn't work both Mm -hmm. ways. You know, I'm not going to call out just women on this because there are guys in situations, messy situations like that as well, where they've messed around and did they, quote, reformed and changed their ways, and they have four or five kids, some that they don't even talk to, and then some that they do, and some that they're taking care of, and some that they're not. And then when they do have the kids, expect that whatever woman's coming into that relationship to be mom. That's not right. Just as on the other end, for women who have uh, multiple kids, uh, to expect a guy to come in and, quote, be the father or financial, especially financial uh, partner for a situation they weren't a part of. Going, I, I, I hate to say this, it's like going to a steakhouse and paying for five people and you don't eat. <laughs> I didn't get to enjoy the meal, but I can sit here and smell it. <laughs> it's the same it thing. Really right. It's the same situation that you're putting someone in. So I don't understand why people now, and I see a lot of it on dating shows, where they will come in and say, yeah, well, I have four kids. I'm not really working, but I want a person that makes $125,000 or more. Why do you want a person that makes a specific amount or more? To get you out of a situation? Because if you're looking for someone based off of that to get you out of a situation, your relationship's never going to work. You want a person to come in to help you grow from situations or, you know, other life experiences and to grow together. If you're looking for a money savior, you can go to Florida. There's plenty of, you know, what do you call those? Uh, I just said a few weeks ago, like sugar daddies down there. <laughs> but yeah. here's the, 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 the cold slap in the face. A person that is making $125,000 is not going to want to be in a situation rarely. (laughs) You might find that one, but it's like finding a pot of gold. But you are not going to find a person that's going to put themselves in that situation when they have other options that are less stressful. Because if you think about it from a financial standpoint, $125,000, when you equal that out to – four or five kids plus you, that now stretches their money out as to where they will see little or next to nothing. Right. Especially for a responsibility that is not theirs. <laughs> this is the whole and reality of this. That would want to do that just yes. out of the kindness would, of their heart. That would want to do that. And I don't want to be cruel about it, but this is the reality of it all. Because for a lot of people or who are, you know, don't have kids or who are well-established, they like their money. Why would they want to be in a situation not of their doing to, quote, bail you out? 
um, it very rarely works from a love perspective because all you're looking at is in this era, and like I said, a lot of younger women, some middle, look to, quote, look for the bag, meaning to get money. Uh, some guys do that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to uh, push against one sex over the other here. Some guys do that. Some guys do it from another standpoint of getting other things out of the relationship, which is wrong mm-hmm. on so many levels because it does not work. If you're going into a situation wanting something from someone that you know that they aren't responsible for and you're looking to fill a void of something, nine times out of ten, that relationship is doomed to fail. It's not going to work. And I see more and more of this on some dating shows, especially with, and I hate to say it, but I see it more with women who want to have someone that makes, you know, what happened to, you know, being probably, and I know it doesn't work out being with the person that you were with. Now, at that point, I'm not going to go preachy on you and be like, you had, you know, a couple of baby fathers and four kids. What happened with those two relationships where it just didn't work out? I know things happen. But once you get past a certain point, it becomes very hard to find someone that's going to want to take that situation on. Um, which, as my friend said, if you don't want to put yourself in that situation, unfortunately, there's some things that you have to do. There's some wonderful inventions out there, some made of sheepskin, some made of of rubber, <laughs> that could kind of help prevent those things. And I'm not saying <laughs> that it kind of has to happen, but it gets harder, and at that point, People who make money have options. They're not going to choose the options that's going to drain them, or they're not going to choose the options that is going like. If you ever notice, Kim Kardashian has about what three, four kids, but Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. also has money. Her situation is going to be a lot different from yours, right? Because <laughs> whatever guy is going to go with Kim, she's already got money, or anyone that kind of already has the guy is going to find it a little bit more easier to slide in because it's not as big of a responsibility for him. This is just big brother radio at this second. Cause I'm just telling you, if you're in that situation and to expect a person to come in and to quote, be your financial savior, as well as help pay the rent, he got paid a rent too. And I'm helping you with your four kids. What's in it for him? Right. Yeah, I saw something the other day with Steve Harvey where he was saying that guys shouldn't even ask what women bring to the table, which I love you, Steve, but I'm not going to be taking a relationship advice from you. <laughs> Nothing personal. Just not going to take it from you. But granted, it's true. Women bring a lot in terms, but when we get past a certain point where she's not, you know, she's expecting you to do all of this stuff for a situation that you weren't even a part of in the beginning, it's not right. And to expect somebody to do that, good luck trying to find that needle in the haystack. It's very hard. So, just saying. I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? You're not. You know, no. You're, and that's just it. It's I. I guess I'm uh, okay. 
I'm in a unique situation. I am not Kim Kardashian, but I sure live to be that. Like, can provide for her kids and not need a man. Again, I come back to, I don't need a man. Do I want one in my life? Absolutely. But if I'm going to, and I go back to last week, if I'm going to make a, a list of things I want in a man, I need to meet the same kind of expectations of that man that meets that list. He's going to have a list of things that he's going to want, and I'm going to need to meet those too if it's going to if it's going to work. I can't look at somebody and say you need to do this when it's just not fair. I know life's not fair. Don't know that there's going to be very many people out there that's going to look at their partner and go, yeah. That unfair thing you're asking me to do is worth it. I just I just don't see that happening. Not in a lot of situations. So <clears throat> Yeah, I, I just I I don't uh, <laughs> um you know you know, there was a lady on here that actually in the comment section some people said that she wasn't probably articulating herself properly, that she, they didn't think she expects someone to pay her bills. That, But I was like, that's kind of where she was headed. And someone said, you know, why some women want other men to be responsible for other men's mess uh, when the kids, the bills are yours and your ex or the father of those kids' responsibility. And it says, that, you know, some of these people aren't looking for a relationship. They're looking for someone to use and pay their bills, which sadly, you know, in some ways is true. Uh, even another woman out here saying, I don't understand why they have several kids by sorry men that expect another man to step in and provide for them and love them more than their fathers. To require a man to pay rent along with other expenses is crazy. There are too many options for men out here to go elsewhere and pursue a woman with less kids and expectations who will bring more to the relationship. Um, it, it's just, you know, at that point, I don't understand about why and maybe – uh, somebody can explain it. You know, I was like, when you're in situations like that, and like I said, everybody to each his own. You know, I'm not going to say you can't have two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids. That's you. If As long as you are treating those kids well and you love them and they have a good home and they are out of danger, then that's fine. That's not the part we're talking about. The part we're talking about is the expectation for someone to come in and, quote, be flat out uh, of the expectation of them to be the financial savior, which is kind of in a way, it's kind of almost like a fairy tale. It very rarely happens. Um, And like I said, the same goes for men who have multiple kids out here and expect a woman to be mom when those are not hers. It takes a powerful person to do that. And while I hope that she finds that person, I'm just going to say it's going to be a little hard um, because you ultimately have to deal with the different fathers as well. And as a man, you may not want to deal with other fathers or other men in that life because that's one you could probably deal with. When we're talking multiple, that's one too many. Uh, and you don't want to have to deal. And I don't care what, you know, you as a woman says, like, oh, they're not going to do nothing. Trust me. Once another man comes along and does more than you did, 
there's now problems. And I'm not sure if anybody wants to deal with that. Um, like I said, I, I hope for the best, but that's like looking for a needle in a haystack. <laughs> Good luck. But yeah, I saw that. That yeah, was just interesting. Very much good luck to that person. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, final count tonight. How many uh, margaritas did you get through? I have three cans on the table. All right. I only got through three. I slow down at the end there just because, well, I was bitching. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're that type of person at the bar. Whoop, <laughs> whoop. <laughs> But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say no to a, another can. <laughs> these are actually well, very good. I'm glad I found these. What are they? Mm. They're Bacardi. Oh. It's just Bacardi, and then it has like there were uh, Bahama Mama, Pina Colada, and then the Margarita, and I'm came in a little pack, and I'm like, heck yeah, works for me. Hmm. I may have to try that. Works so do you put that on ice, or do you just drink it out of the can? I've been drinking out of the can because they were in the fridge, and they're basically almost frozen. So, Ooh. Nice. I know, right? I'm, I'm kind of excited about them. Well, since you're yeah, still upright, do you have any shout-outs this week before we close? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying? I, 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 I'm not saying nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I I here's the thing. I am not saying anything at all. All I'm saying um <laughs> is uh yeah, it's no. I'm <laughs> I'm safe in my home. I'm not planning on driving anywhere. Don't drink and drive kids and um I'm an adult, so there you go. Um shout outs this week. Yes. I have a shout-out this week. Happy birthday to Miss Nikki. She is having a birthday tomorrow. And then also um, uh, to Alexander, who is having their party currently. Um, So kiddo is out there. So happy birthday to them. And uh, happy Cinco de Mayo to the U.S. people that celebrate it, since it's not an Independence Day. I don't care what you say. It's It's about winning a battle. So yay battling through today i will say though it was a very nice day outside like weather wise so i'm gonna probably see if it's still chilly outside and maybe have a drink el fresco on the patio oh right nice very fancy how about you shout outs for you Um, it was a stone groove my man yeah (laughs) it's a lot of fun (laughs) i don't have any uh have no shout outs. But uh not today. Um uh, but no, it's um I hope that everybody has a great weekend. Hope that everybody um uh, had fun listening to tonight's broadcast. Next weekend, Mother's Day weekend. So you've been forewarned, you got a week to get your shopping done. Uh a week yes. and a couple of days. So I like that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Get that done. Um, Add me to your list. Do you have a wish list or something that you want to <laughs> Yeah, but I'll, you'll have to follow me to know where that's at. Okay, gotcha. 
So yeah, but actually, this is one of the first times we've gone the full almost two hours that we are allotted. So that's the show in a nutshell. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you are a continuing listener, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with you. Uh, it won't be Cinco de Mayo, but we'll see what Mary will be drinking next week um, here <laughs> on uh, page one at p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. Central here in the States. Uh, I guess I have to start adding the other times across the globe. Uh, but thank you so much worldwide for all of you for listening. Uh, until next time, for Mary, I'm LeVar, and this is page one. Hear us and check us out uh, where you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Uh, Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care of each, yourself and each other. Bye, everybody. Bye. Until next week, then. Good night. Pleasant dreams. for listening to page one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple iHeartRadio, spotify and other platforms where we can be found 